the two most successful teams in the UK, millions of fans worldwide, and brought to you by a pair of f***ing wolves. It's the Red Side Rivals Social. Hello there everybody and welcome to episode 22 of the Red Side Rivals Social, where we talk news, banter and debate about Manchester United and Liverpool. My name is Brad, I'm your host, I'm the United fan, and with me as ever, with me as ever, is Mr. Lee Boy, Liverpool man. Hello everyone. Hello. You lost your words, didn't you? I stuttered like a stuttering <laughs> dick. <laughs> How are you, mate? Alright. Bored at the weekend because of international football? Yeah, I actually didn't watch much either, to be honest. <laughs> it was a bit rubbish, but... Yeah, I was the same, mate. I watched the highlights of the Indian game, obviously. Yeah. Just to see how they got on, but international weekend... I actually generally hate it. Sharing it. <laughs> the only good thing was the women's game was back, so we could at least watch that. How many signs here, your little club? <laughs> your little club. <laughs> so yeah, we've got. We always usually start obviously with the news, but we usually start with our club news first. But but what's been happening? Mate? What has happened? Absolutely breaking. Last news two last days night. has just been insane. So obviously there's a bit of a link with United with this first piece of news. So we'll we'll open with it. So breaking this morning as we're recording today was Mourinho to Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> to Chelsea, Jesus. Mourinho That's to, even more news. Geez. Mourinho to Spurs? <laughs> what on earth? I didn't see him going to Spurs at all. No, me like neither. Coming. And like, I could see Poch going because inevitably he's lost the dressing room over the last few weeks and performance hasn't been the best in the, in the Premier League. Champions League's been doing amazing, hasn't he? Yeah, but he's not performed in the Premier League. That's in like 14th or something. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. The players not getting on. He doesn't seem to be getting the best out of them. Him and Levy are always exchanging messages, not directly but through the press, aren't they? Like yeah. having to go at each other. Yeah, so yeah. I, I could see that happening. Yeah, there was definitely something going on behind the scenes at Spurs, especially with him saying last year that even last last season when he got to the Champions League final and Poch was like, "If I win it, I'm going." So there's definitely yeah, something. So it was just feeling, isn't it? Yeah, so it was like yesterday it was Poch sacked, and then less than 12 hours after that, uh, Mourinho in. So how do you think he'll do that? How do you think he'll do that? Mourinho, is it? He'll, he'll win something, yeah. I would imagine. No, but it's like, he doesn't like a young team, does he? Well, he, he doesn't like a young team, he likes experience. He likes money. He that's doesn't leave, leave. He doesn't like spending money. So like. that, well, that's the main sticking point that I would think. We've got a little stat for you here about Mourinho. So Mourinho's net spend when he's at a club per season is three hundred twelve million pounds. What is that? His average spend? Yeah. Jesus and do you think that Spurs are going to be putting that money up year in year out? I suppose one way you could look at it is because Levy's not gave any money to Poch at all over the last three seasons, apart from this summer, yeah, where he, he made like first. three, I think, major yeah. signings. And even they weren't considerably high-value players. No. It was like just something to keep them quiet. So maybe because they move into this new stadium, that starts to look after itself. They're still in the Champions League. They should. They're not too far off the top six, are they? Really, it's, they could still pull the it's season around. Still early around. on, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe they might actually give Mourinho a bit of cash in January. Maybe one marquee signing to help him push the team on to get top four, or just wait till summer and say, right, you've got two hundred million to spend. You've got. You've got fifty million. But he's, Go he's, out and get you he's been so sensible. I, I'm obviously a massive Spurs fan, but I see so much of it on Facebook. Thanks to Paul Terry. <laughs> yeah, you're a Spurs fan. <laughs> um, but like, they're a very profitable club, so I can see that they've got a lot of money behind them, and I can see that they must have a war chest available. Mm. If you're going to bring somebody in of that stature, 
Surely he demands a lot. Yeah, you know his track record. He he wants full support in the transfer windows. He likes to spend money because he likes to. To be fair, he like he can bring in the best players, can he? Which are going to cost the money. So I mean, Levy must be willing to put his hands in his pockets. And that's the only way I think he would have agreed to the job, isn't it? He's not going to go in blind, is he? And say, right, I want this money. No, you can't have it. You don't want that. Yeah, because you look at United. The only reason he left United was because he fell out with the board in the summer when he wanted players and. And they didn't hundred percent back him, so he kind of just washed his hands with it, didn't he? And then, and then obviously Ollie came in, but they've got a very good side. I was like, what you may find now is that the likes of Eriksson, Vertonghen, and other yeah. all out of contracts. I think Danny Rose is as well. Yeah, he, he's already said he's going. Danny Rose. So with Marino coming in, with them players now change their mind and actually sign contracts, well, which is a massive win in itself, isn't it? Yeah, that could be a turning factor if you if you got Jose Marino coming up to you and saying, listen. To me, especially Ericsson, because I think Vertonghen and Alderweireld, I think you can replace them. Yeah, like they get a little older. You could say like, "I want you, you're part of my plans." He I'll build the team around you, kind of thing. He might sign. Same what happened with Martial. He was on the verge of leaving under Mourinho. Oli came in and he signed a new deal. So something like that could happen. You're right, but I think it's exciting. I'm not a Spurs fan, and Mourinho is one of them guys you love. Not. You love to hate, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, I hate it. Obviously, I like. <laughs> I like Mourinho, me, but he's entertaining to watch. And when he's when he's beating your side and like oh, delivering, yeah. absolutely hazing. But yeah, it's like when when he's been on Sky Sports recently. It's been so entertaining listening to some of his insight. Yeah. He looks like a chilled man. He looks like he's ready for it. To be honest, yeah, he looks like a tired think, human being. You I know, think he'll probably he? do better because he lives in London anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So maybe he'll be more settled there. It's just the only sticking point. I think will be the money. But like we say. If he's gonna get back, then I hope they do shit. If I'm honest, but I hope it, I hope they do fan. the most Spurs thing <laughs> ever and get Mourinho and do and, and, and give him any money. It's like, as a Liverpool fan, I don't want to see him do one. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he's excited for the Premier League. Yeah. The only other thing that stirs up, obviously, now for United fans in terms of United news would be Pochettino ain't got a job, guys. So what happens there? <laughs> is this what gonna be conveyable? Happens there. Is that what? Maybe, going back to the Spurs point, is that maybe one of the reasons why him and Levy fell out? Because he wants, he made it quite clear he wants a United job. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the Madrid job. You don't know, do you? You just don't know. But I mean, would would United fans want to bring Potchin in the summer over Oli? Or mean, even January, mate? God, he's available, isn't he? He's like, yeah, yeah. Oli's like Oli's done all right to settle the ship. I feel like I would chicken tonight. Be, no, I'm gonna have <laughs> salmon. But I do feel like <laughs> I do feel like. Oh, it's hard to say, but I do I, feel like I would want Ollie to stay. There's because, part of you, look at it, there's part of you that wants him. Yeah, there say. is, there is, but <laughs> I feel bad because, I've, you know what I've been like, especially on this podcast, I've been saying, Ollie needs time, we, we're building something good here, let him have his backing and let him have time to build and see what he's going to do. And I'd be the biggest hypocrite ever if I was then to say, but now Pochettino's available. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah. But it does make you think like that, but... I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think so, the performances are sure in the next few weeks. If you have a bit of a flat dip or... Yeah, it depends. If we continue on with our performances, that slowly but surely have been... We have been growing in confidence and how we've been playing the game has been better. But we're just not consistent. So, But if I feel like if we keep going and grind some results out, especially in December now, get loads of results, I think that may put that rumour to bed completely. Yeah. Um, maybe the club should come out not, and say that then, if not then maybe it'll be I don't know it could even be a private conversation where they say to Ollie look thanks for what you've done we're going to give you to the end of the season but 
in the summer Look, we're we've bringing got in this, Poch yeah I don't know it'll be interesting to see now it'll be interesting to see but that's one to watch for United fans I think a lot of United fans would want him in straight away yeah because it's a missed opportunity really yeah but Not... I've got to, I've got to stick to my guns and say what I was originally saying anyway and say I want Ollie. <laughs> God <laughs> So should we jump into the normal, after we've talked about that absolute bombshell of events, should we jump into the normal um, your Liverpool United news? Yeah, yeah. You've got any, what's your Liverpool I've news got this one, week? I've got one funny one, mate, really. So Ooh, I, funny. I don't know how true it is, but Jürgen Klopp's come out, and it, this is like transfer news. Okay. And he came out and said that about Slotan Ibrahimovic, where he said that now he's available. If he didn't have the United connection, he's somebody to look at to bring in. Fucking hell. That's like a short term. Well, um, I was going to speak to you about Zlatan. Do you, what, do you think of him? feel like to see me in Liverpool top? That is the worst Photoshop <laughs> picture I've ever seen of Zlatan's head put on a Liverpool shirt. Um, what I would think now is Zlatan could heavily go to Spurs. Do you think? Well, oh, with the Mourinho, Mourinho connection. connection. From Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. Was he but he's not going to come in anywhere and play second fiddle to someone, is he? That's the thing. He's not going to come in there and play second fiddle to okay. Kane's number one, isn't he? Yeah, That's what I mean. So I think if he was coming to come to United, knowing United have no strikers, that'd be more the likely scenario. Here's one for you. Poch going to United and then and, oh, and bringing Kane? Don't because of the direct. <laughs> that would be... Do you know what I mean? It's oh. like, he obviously, if the, if Kane has a really good relationship with him, I'd love that. that's something that could happen. I'd love that. Like Spurs aren't going to win anything again this year, are they? They're nowhere Could anywhere near winning. The, yeah, maybe so, but they're nowhere near the league title again. They're getting further and further no, away from yeah, it. Yeah. So he might see this as an opportunity. Yeah. To go to United, mm-hmm. young players, up and coming team. Yeah. I mean, well, this is it's like a conveyor belt again, aren't we? <laughs> but yeah, another one to watch. Another one to watch. Any more Liverpool news? Yeah. So other news relating to contracts, rather yeah. than transfer news, is um, Liverpool are delighted to announce that delighted. Dixon Abona. He's one of our young protégés. Yeah, he's in the under 18s but featured quite a lot for the under 23s. A signed new contract, putting some impressive performances this season for the under 23s, and he's featured for the first team on the bench. Joe in the yeah, Carling Cup. Been in he's a good protégé for the future, so I think that's exciting news for the academy to big, tie him down. Big dicky B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some other transfer news as well is that we've been linked with Sanderberg who plays for Genk. He's someone that featured in the Champions League and played against us twice and he's come out openly and said that he would like to play for us someday. I'm sure he would. Um, but he, he looks like a very good player um, but some, probably someone we don't need because we've got loads of midfielders. Like I say, it's that time of year. We always say this where everybody but anybody has been linked with someone. Yeah, you've got to cut through. you got to cut the wheat from the chaff, haven't you, and try and find out what's what's true and what's not. But. Yeah. Um, other news as well is Liverpool-related yeah. And international more than anything as well. Don't know if you've seen the week. Um, Sadio Mane came off the Senegal coach and helped the kitman carry water <laughs> into the changing rooms. Like just put his bag down, and just like helped him because like, he was struggling like an elderly guy. No, and like, just shows like how like genuine, more nice guy, and down to earth he is. Like he's a very humble player. Isn't he? It's, like, it's very rare to see in the Premier League these days. Wait, a lot of the, involved. A lot of the Africans are, I think, more humble than most of the others because a lot of them come from humble beginnings, don't they? The African players, but what's a, ni- a nice, nice man? Nice touch, mate. It's nice to be nice, isn't it? It is occasionally. Said <laughs> it for Liverpool. Yeah, it's. I say it's fairly quiet on the old transfer front with it being international weekend. Okay, dokey. I've got, uh, like I say, not much, but I've got a little bit of United news. The main body of the news this week is other stuff, where we get to rip on City in a little bit, which is always nice. It's always nice, mate. So the first one is injury news for United, because obviously our injury list is long. 
So some good news in terms of, not for me because I don't like many of the players that have come back, but <laughs> back in training this week are Matic, Shaw and Timothy Fosu Mensah all back and available from their injuries, which is a bit shit because that means Shaw is going to drop straight in and, and Brandon Williams won't even get on the bench because it'll be young and then I feel bad for him. But I'm a United fan, mate. I hate Ashley Young. I, I think he's a good captain. I think you can imagine him getting behind the team and every time he's on Bill the pitch James you can Milner. see him you can see him like rallying players up and you can't really knock him for that. But in terms of on the pitch his ability he shouldn't be anywhere near it. And then Eric Bailly and uh, Diego Dallo are both back in training but still not available yet, but they are in full training, so Ollie said that it's no go for Pogba until at least December. So that's our injury update and one bit of transfer news as well come from a news consortium called Dag... I don't even know if I'm saying this right because it's Norwegian. <laughs> Dagblade, I'm going to say. So it's a Norwegian media outlet and it's reporting that Ollie is interested in Alf Inga Haaland's uh, son. What's his name? Is it Eric Haaland or something? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah uh, interested in him and it could be on the cards. Obviously, there's the Norway link there and apparently Solskjaer's one of Haaland's favourite players. So I, I, mean, I looked into it and he scored 26 goals in 18 appearances. He's, he's banging him in this year. What the did, hell? I'm sure of him. I don't know how true this is. I'm sure that Ollie gave him his debut as well. At oh, at Mulder. I'm he sure he did, yeah. No way. So um, that would be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know how happy his dad would be about that because obviously he's <laughs> Leeds connection. The, yeah, with Leeds <laughs> and Keno doing the old uh, breaky, breaky, leggy, leggy on him. But he's like, I haven't, to be honest, I've not seen much of him. I've seen him obviously feature the Champions League. Yeah, he's been banging in goals, hasn't he? Yeah, he doesn't get in the Norway team. I mean, how was he 17, 18? Yeah. He doesn't but, get in the first team, but, um, but I, bet he's, I bet he's good internationally. It's probably very similar to the old, um, sorry to say this, the Scotland argument where like, like Defoe's gone up there and he's, what, 34 and he's banging in goals left, right, centre? Yeah. It's like there is some technically very good players up that way, but the league itself isn't quite. Yeah, as the standards of Premier League. Mean. Yeah, the standards different. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see if, if you went to one of the big boys, yeah, the European leagues, translate to the Prem, like yeah. whether Syria or La Liga. Like yeah. if he's still done. If you bring him in at that age, he's got time to grow, hasn't he? Into it, it's not like bringing an already established player in and then them being shit and being like, oh well, they can't do it. Whereas what? he'd have time to grow into it and you get to see if he could do it. So what sort of money you talking? I think we should go for him. It doesn't say. It just says that it could happen. We'll see. I'd like United to bring him in. To be honest. And then the last bit of United news I've got is um, Man United are holding a gala dinner to be held on the 25th of November for the Man United Foundation and UNICEF raises money for both of those. And it is celebrating a 20-year um, long partnership with, between United and UNICEF and tickets are still available. Would you like to know how much it is? Cool. Tickets start oh, at... 200 quid, is it? Four and a half grand. Shut up. Four and a half grand. I'll have to Tickets start at the table. <laughs> So Jesus. you can go and obviously they're saying that the... Um, it's all for a good cause though. Yeah, they're saying that the, you, you meet the first team and the manager and all that, but I will not be paying four and a half grand for a ticket. <laughs> so go Why on, not? Go and snap one Made up. Made one of you, mate. Fucking hell, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh no, I had one bit more bit of news and it was just from Mason Greenwood got his first call up to the under-21 England squad and uh, what's he got and done? Obviously, he banged the gold in it. I'm sorry, did yeah. you? 74th minute against Holland, uh, got us a draw. Ball over the top and he just out-muscled the defender and then slotted it. So. Good finish. Yeah, youngest one to, to score for the under-21 since Theo Walcott in like 2006 or something. I mean, you know what happened to him though? And he, <laughs> he landed everything. Such a great player. <laughs> 
I've, I've actually got some more news if you've not. Mate. Yeah, unrelated. It's just what it's just a Liverpool news, but it's more like um, a get well soon kind of thing. We touched on it on the oh, Instagram this yeah, week. The Insta, yeah, some about Dominic Matteo. Yeah. Yeah, like um, the club and all former players that actually used to play with him with Leeds and internationally in Liverpool have all come out and said, like, we hope we get better soon. Like, he had an operation. Sorry, Dominic Matteo didn't mention his name. He had an operation on Monday. I think it was successful. It's obviously now just time to recuperate and yeah, recover. Yeah, to see how he recovers from it, yeah. And um, hopefully he gets well soon. It's a bit sad, isn't it, really? Yeah, no, get well soon to him. He's, um, he actually has links with a guy I used to work with in Liverpool. Does he really, yeah? Yeah, um, I used to work, when I used to work with Asda, I worked with a guy in Liverpool. Shout out Mark Johnson if he's listening. <laughs> and, um, he went through Liverpool's academy when he was younger time, and he was at the same time as that era and... Uh, Fowler and Matteo were chose to progress over, <laughs> Spice over him, like yeah so but yeah so get well soon to him obviously from both of us yeah and then I've got one more Liverpool related thing oh yeah this isn't Liverpool I just, news I anymore know, I, just, I just forgot to add it in tell you what this guy um, so Liverpool have um, I don't know how true this is Liverpool have apparently paid Brendan Rodgers 3.75 million no they haven't for his um, house to keep Klopp happy because obviously there's talk of whether he's going to sign new contracts or not yeah. and he's been renting that accommodation off Brendan Rodgers since he came four years ago Yeah. so for Liverpool allowing him to live there tax free and mortgage free so they're paying for his house paying for his house hopefully Perhaps, under the impression yeah. that he'll sign a new contract and stay and help us keep pushing forward mate I think if he wants to stay, he'll stay. I've paid for his house, but he's saying no, is he? <laughs> no, is he? Yeah. And then one other thing that's not related to Liverpool or United yeah. is I seen someone on Sky Sports the other day where I don't, again, I don't know how true this is. False. That Inter Milan received a bullet in the post. A bullet? Which was aimed at um, Antonio Conte. What? Yeah, it, it didn't really, it says um, the former manager received a letter <laughs> to his home address, but Inter denied that it's up place. With a bullet in yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Do they know that the bullet's supposed to be in the gun if they're going to kill him? <laughs> so, Here is a bullet, that, you will die. So obviously that could be anything. Obviously Italian like, football has been under scrutiny for quite some time. It? It's cleaned up its act a little bit. But still it's still dodgy area. Dodgy area, really, yeah. isn't it? Like where the mafia apparently are all involved. Yeah, and all, yeah. The big clubs are corrupt. And Shit, so so whether that's someone at Juve fed up of Inter actually progressing and being top of the table this year, yeah. I think, aren't they? Step, step aside, can't they? Someone's <laughs> probably put that bullet in the post and that's the only bullet they've they, got. And they didn't actually shoot him and be like, they didn't, actually make it clear. <laughs> they didn't actually make it clear if it was a bullet to kill somebody, actually. One of them sexual bullets. <laughs> this is to please what? yourself after you win. This is for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not been confirmed whether it's a sexual bullet or a gun bullet. <laughs> a gun bullet. <laughs> a 9mm. <laughs> a 9mm sexual bullet. <laughs> Excellent, so thanks for that um, vaguely In sexual news there. <laughs> so I've got some um, other obviously unrelated news now, we'll move into that. So it broke last week, we just missed it when we did the podcast, um, it was Arsene Wenger's new job, so he was heavily linked with the Bayern Munich yes. job, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was, um, yeah. But he's taken a role at FIFA, he's going to be the Chief of Global Development, which helps develop both men and women's football, and he gets a place with that on the international FA board so it's a good appointment I think I feel like he's too he's like 70 odd now he's too old for management as as great a manager he was I think he should take a job like that and just bow out now really especially in the big leagues it's too highly pressured like somewhere with his age and ticker yeah exactly but I think if you look back at what he did in the Premier League mate, when he took over at Arsenal that was what he did he was like young prodigies from next to nothing he brought them through and made Arsenal team like Inevitably, one of the best well, to grace the Premier League, wasn't it? Exactly, mate. So, he, I don't think there's anyone better 
at spotting raw talent as there is as maybe him as and developing people to, to be the players they were. Half those players he brought into Arsenal at the time, no one had heard of him. And then by the time they left Arsenal, they were world beaters, weren't they? Yeah. So it's nice to see him going there, really, actually. Yeah, it's a good appointment, I really yeah. think. I think he'll do really well in it. Obviously, yeah. it'll become clearer as to what it looks like yeah. in the next few months, won't it? To be honest, I bet we won't really hear of him. It'll be like a backseat role, I think. So we said to you in the last podcast, or I think it may have been the one before, that obviously within the midst of all the VAR controversy that the referees board was meeting with the chairman of the Premier League teams. So that has happened now. So I've got the news and the results that came from that. Has anything positive come from it? <sighs> You're going to hate this. <laughs> Have you seen it at all? I haven't, no, right, I've, okay. I've, I've briefly seen like something pop up on Sky Sports where yeah. it said, basically, nothing's changing. <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty much. I'll dig into it a little bit now. So The Guardian probably had the best report on it that gave them all the information. So they had the meeting in London between the uh, Professional Game Match Officials Board, which was headed by Mike Riley. Uh, and then there was Premier League club executives all there and that came under scrutiny itself didn't it that it should be because the big dogs not anybody yeah. involved in football you made a good point actually which is going to come up in a minute when you talked about it last so the clubs apparently have all agreed with refs <laughs> what they've actually agreed with the refs so they've agreed with the refs in favour of VAR and the referees board have agreed to commit to more consistent decisions, speeding up the process of decisions and increasing the information to fans. That's all they've said. So in terms of what changes will be made immediately, so there's one change that's going to come in from December. (laughs) It's such a shit change. So the one change that's going to come in is implemented in December and it will be more information for fans on screen. So, for example... <laughs> well, that's a fail in itself, mate. Liverpool United, isn't it? Yeah, so what are we going to do? So that is, <laughs> it's going to come with the billboards. I reckon we might be forced to put screens in. Do you think? Yeah. So, for example, instead of just reading, checking pen, it's now going to say, checking pen, possible handball. So it's going to give you So it's reason. more informative, yeah. But that really isn't one of the fans' gripes. <laughs> it's not that we don't know... Well, what we don't know what happening is a big gripe, but it's... Just the whole fucking issue around the inconsistency of it. So that's the that's going to come in. That's going to come in from December, sorry. So they did discuss, in terms of what you said last time, you were saying that um, it'd be good to hear what the refs board could hear from fans and see what the fans thought. And I was like, oh, well, they're never going to listen to the fans. But apparently at the end of the season, they're going to approach fan groups and oh, really, ask yeah. what, the, what the fans' view is of the change made in December and the changes as a whole. So another thing that you mentioned as well was having the refs mics up like they do in Rugby League. So apparently that's a thing that they've he- talk, heavily talked about and they discussed airing the conversations, not between the players, between the ref and his assistants. So between the linesman and the fourth official. So they're going to be aired, but they can't do it until next season. Apparently because... Um, it changes VAR protocol and some of the fundamental laws like the base laws of VAR that were brought in under the international FA so they can't change them like next month they've got to go to the end of the season and then change the law to say like you're allowed to air the conversations between them so apparently next season and everyone's got to agree to what's being said so from next season we're going to hear the conversations between the refs and their assistants which will be quite fun because you can't slip up there if it's going out on live TV so whatever it's delayed yeah, slight delay so they could second edit soccer is like is it like 30 seconds or something delay yeah you hear it you hear my glove go fuck it change your mind <laughs> what I got, I got that fucking wrong yeah 
So, um, so yeah, there has been some stuff. Mike Riley apparently uh, showed stats in that meeting that proved referee accuracy in key match incidents has gone up from 82% to 91%. Was it like him? Out of 20 decisions, it used to be five, right, or something. Is it now 10 or something? So they've proven that it is making a difference. Yeah, basically, I bet that's the similar stat, but putting percentages. So 82% previously took to 91. And come on. Cool. No, I'm, saying, I'm, not anti, I'm not completely anti against it. It's just. I'm not anti against it's, it. It's gone against us. I'm anti against it working shit. I want it to work right. It's gone against us and for us this year. So it's yeah. like. As a Liverpool fan, you don't want us to like if we if we were to go and win the league this year. Yeah, you don't want someone to turn around it's because you got them two bad decisions. Well, yeah. For you, do you know what I mean? It's like you want to well, win the league. Excuse me, you? <laughs> you had the nine millimeters out last, well, year, yeah. last year. So it didn't go in our favour last year, did it? <laughs> but um, speaking after the actual summit or whatever it was called meeting, David Gold was approached. So he was obviously there representing West Ham. And he said that VAR, this isn't a direct quote, I just picked it out, but VAR is alive and kicking, it's brand new, and we need to be patient and get it right. So, so it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's not going anywhere, mate. It is not going anywhere. I was hoping they'd try and fuck it off, but it seems that there are all the Premier League clubs... Are pushing for it to stay. ...want it to stay. So... There we go, mate. VAR is here to it's stay. Here to stay. That'll be interesting, won't it? Seeing more information at the grounds where we can't see any anyway because we haven't got a fucking screen. Like, Thanks for that, referee. Nice board. one. It's like I feel last year. I think we were playing Napoli, and like they, it went for a penalty decision, but nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, it was literally like a thirty-second delay. Next to it, it come up on the screen. VAR yeah, checking for like penalties. That. Like, yeah, that's exactly the same. At, at, Brighton on last weekend when I went. It was it was just awful. You've got news about BT, haven't you? Oh, sorry, yeah. You might as well. So it's, I don't think it's well breaking news, but over the last few days. No, yeah. Well, none of this is breaking. Don't worry. Breaking. <laughs> Not that much on the cusp. <laughs> so um, this week, it's been announced that for the foreseeable future, till 2024, 2024, yeah. that BT Sports have beat the likes of ITV and Sky Sports to seal a 1.2 billion Champions League. Deal. I am not surprised. So it was a 1. combined bid. 2. It was Sky and ITV combined bid as well, and they've just blitzed them. Have to bite the bullet and actually pay for it the next few years, Anna. Yeah, so do you know what they've actually got the rights to show in BT? Well, I'll tell you. Oh, have you got them, yeah? yeah? Yeah, So they've got the rights to show in the Champions League, the Europa League, and then from 2021, the Europa Conference League. The Euro- is that the next generation <laughs> the of European third, football? The, the, to the bring third tier of European football. Which is still to be yet to be made so clear as to what it is. still to be confirmed, but it's coming in in 2021. And the, the main thing about it is it reduces. So you know we always say Europa League's a fucking massive competition. Yeah, it's too big. Yeah. So it's reducing the it reduces the Europa League to thirty two teams like the Champions League. So exactly the same format as Champions League, and it's for your lower tier teams. So I think it's for like because obviously like your Eastern European teams and maybe some of your lower like your Portuguese teams and stuff. Maybe some of the lower tier there they never get a chance to get to a final no. or anything, do they? So I think it's going to be for them. And like maybe instead of having whereas Wolves finished and had to play off for the Europa League, they just drop straight into the Europa Conference. It's a bit like Continental Cup, isn't it? I suppose bringing that back in a different yeah, form. Yeah, it's a Continental Cup, whatever it was. This is the most interesting thing about it, though. So at the group stage, where the Champions League third place drop into Europa League, they will now drop into the Europa Conference, and the third place from Europa League will drop into the conference. So no more of this playing down teams that finish third, they get to go in Europa. They both, Europa and Champions League, go into the Europa Conference. Which will uh, help 
So it's, make that other tournament, so Europa League, a better tournament to play in. Exactly, yeah. So at the same time as bringing in this one for lower teams, they're kind of upgrading the Europa League, I think. Yeah, because it, it was getting to the point where it was seen as, as we do in, in England that the Carling Cup is a bit of a joke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so it's going to make the it's going to make the Champions League more even competitive. more premium, isn't it? And the Europa League like really high class, and then obviously you've got the other one as you know, a bit of a shitter, really, isn't it? if you're not. Last bit of news, mate, for me. We both get to have a little laugh <laughs> at Manchester City. <laughs> so the BBC have reported that Manchester City have lost an appeal against financial fair play. That's a surprise. What were they doing? Is it is it the appeal to so that they don't investigate, is it, or something like that? <laughs> this is it. This is how dodgy it is, right? So they're not appealing a result. They're appealing to not the investigation. <laughs> Please so, don't investigate us. Yeah, so basically it all comes from Der Spiegel, which was a German media outlet, and they published leaked documents where City inflated the value of a multi-million pound sponsorship deal. To so, fudge their actual financial fair play. To books yeah. to say, we're bringing in loads of money so we can spend all this money, but they inflated it to say the deal was more than what it was. Don't and I'm you. pretty sure it was Etihad that the deal the, was The actual with. sponsorship of the stadium, yeah. yeah. So, um, and the paper was saying that they obviously misled UEFA on purpose to meet the financial fair play regulations. So City have now appealed to the Court of Arbitration for Sport to halt proceedings on an investigation. While they sort out their books. <laughs> so that's how dodgy it is. So this is what the Court of Arbitration for Sport have said. They said the appeal was unadmissible because there's been no result or no punishment made from any any investigation yet. So like, so how can you appeal so you're so punished for? So yeah. you're basically saying, don't even investigate us. <laughs> They're saying we're guilty. Don't investigate so it's us. It's not like they've gone, this is the result, and then City have gone, that result's not right, you know. We we're going to challenge Look it. into that. We're going to challenge that. City are going, before it's even got to a result, they're going, <laughs> shit. <laughs> they're going, no, we're no, no. Sticky don't, mud here. don't look into that. Don't look into that. I think that is dodgy as... It's a joke, mate, because if, if it is hi- highlighted that they're completely guilty and they Which fudged probably to, be. to make themselves successful, then they should be made an example of. Back in 2014, they got a massive fine for it for doing it back then. I'm not 100% sure on what the fine was, but I know it wasn't big for them because of all the money they've got. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've got like a bottomless pit, haven't they? They're going to get a transfer banner. Like Chelsea did, yeah. but in different I, circumstances. Yeah, I think they're going to get a transfer banner. That's what I can see coming out of this. Got to ring alarm bells, that, and it? If, if they're going up to UEFA and going, about the investigation, do you really find you kidding And then UEFA are like, no, we're not corrupt anymore. What I find weird about it though, mate, is like there's so much money involved in the Premier League and Champions League these days. Yeah. Why do they feel the need to do something like that? Because they want to sign whoever they want for however much they want. That's right. how they got all their team, because they threw money at them. No one was gone to City, although Pep said he's, it was his dream to manage Manchester City when he joined, which was absolute bullshit. It's a bullshit, right? No one's gone to City, and this is no disrespect to City, even though it kind of is. No one's going to go to City and think, you know what, they've got the history, they did this and they did that, and I want to make them great again. It's not like that kind of situation which you could argue with for United. And it's not the kind of situation where, with you guys, they're like, oh, well, they're up there, because when they were shit, they weren't they were up shit. there. It's like we had, if you, like, put things into context, when our owners took over, we had to apply for extended loans and all sorts of the RBS, like yeah, to, yeah. to keep ourselves afloat. Yeah. We like, that was like a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now they've done it the correct way, where they've built up, hundreds of sponsorships behind the scenes like ridiculous ones no, to the point where we get a lot of revenue in, into the club we're successful on the, on the actual pitch itself now and I think off the top of my head I've seen something the other day 
correct me if I'm wrong. I will. Where this uh, this calendar year they've made two hundred fifty million pounds or something. Oh, with TV money, job from the Champions League, and yeah. doing so well in the Premier League, the most shown team in the Premier League. Yeah. So like, that in itself helps you then build your squad. Yeah, like, yeah. this is it. Like, I'm not being funny. Like you said, there's enough money there. We get play with it by players within your means. Involved in the Premier League, and there's just like it's ridiculous. I think even the bottom half of the table still get like a hefty investment. This is the this is the thing. People have a go at United, especially because they spend a shitload of money, and this isn't. I'm not even going to go into how the clubs run or anything like that because that's a whole different situation itself. But the reason that United can spend a load of money is because they're a global brand and they, they're not being funny. We bring in a shit ton of money. Yeah, shit so sales. in terms of financial fair play, they're looking at it and going, well, yeah, look how much money they bring in versus what they're spending. So um, it, it, it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Whereas City aren't as big commercially worldwide. They're just and not. they never will be, mate. They're just not. And it's they, like, but you can't spend money as if you are. I feel, bad, fair, I feel bad to all City fans because there must be at least 40,000 genuine diehard 43 <laughs> genuine City fans that have followed them thick and thick like, yeah they've got, the, they've got the core roughly base. the smooth but like then you've got all the ones inevitably like all clubs have because we're all glory yeah, yeah. yeah so like Liverpool are doing very well at the moment and imagine there's a lot of glory fans yeah. there same with United when they're in their heyday yeah of course Steve Murphy jumping from Liverpool to United <laughs> <laughs> So like yeah, that inevitably happens because they're successful. And everybody wants to watch them. Yeah. But surely, like that thing that you mentioned a few podcasts ago, where they were actually advertising were for to, people, like yeah. to go to Instagram yeah, to get, influencers like, to, to. It was a joke. Know. It's like what club needs to do that? It's because although like United and Liverpool have been successful over decades, and we've built fans up over decades, and you'll get some glory hunters in the short term that'll fill your stadium, like they'll they'll fill your empty seats, won't they? But you get your core fans because you've grown success over over a long time. Whereas City, it's been like nothing to a lot of success. <laughs> like very an explosion, fast. Isn't it? So the core fans are there. So let's say like the core fans will fill Main Road week in, week out, have it bouncing. But then when you go to this big stadium, because you've not built up your success over time, yeah. you've still only got your core fans, so you've got to kind of try and fill it with these glory hunters that are like, oh, get on, get on City, they're winning now, we'll be a fan. <laughs> So that's why they probably struggle to fill the stadium and why they don't have these passionate... It's like, they haven't had time to build it, have they? This is a very sexual podcast. It's like when you're an orgasm, you've got to build it up. <laughs> this is a very sexual <laughs> podcast. What I want to say is like Liverpool, like, they've been known as a nearly team for years, mate. For the last six years, mm. we've been like moving the right direction. It's finishing second last year and obviously like third, fourth. Like Klopp's progressed us over time, but we've had some really impressive victories and performances, got to finals... But it's like teasers. It's like keeps you interested. You knowing that you're going in the right direction. Hopefully, you will and obviously one day get to that pinnacle of like win the Premier League. Yeah. Whereas this season, it looks like it could happen if yeah. we play our cards right. Whereas if City, it's like like you say, it's gone from like we're a League Two side, League One, Premier League. Six years after being back in the Premier League, bosh, there's loads yeah. of money. It's fancy football. It's going to buy loads of players. And everyone gets bored. It's like oh, we win five, four. Well, six nil some weeks it's like you just get just, bored there's no surprises you're not expecting someone to give you a difficult game and you come out the other side and win in the last minute or something it's just like too easy for them at times well this is it This and this is why the, the fan base gets scrutinised quite a lot but I mean we've digressed quite a lot there but they just wipes me up we just we love <laughs> the one thing we can both agree on is that we like to bash City Soz but that's the one thing we can both agree on isn't it that City are a shit team. <laughs> that we both like to bash City. Small club, massive wallet. Yeah. 
So that leads us now. Well, that's the news, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the news done, mate. That's the news done. I just kicked everything and stop it. A big span of feet. Um, so that's the news done. Obviously, there was no women's action last week, so the women are back this week. So we will move on into the reviews. Should we clear off the internationals because Euro twenty twenty qualifiers are now over and completed, aren't they? Except for the, with the exception of the, the playoffs. They're all done and dusted, aren't they? So they we, are, we know the core group who's going to the Euros next year, next summer. Where's it being held? Is it all across Europe? I can't remember. Is it that one? I think it is, isn't it? I'm sure it's... Oh, yeah, is it's it? Some of them at Wembley, I remember, apply for tickets through the FA. Is that come round already, that shit? Yeah. So let's have a look, mate. I've got them here. So do you want to just go into who's actually qualified from the, the group yeah, itself? Yeah, go through who's qualified, mate. So in Group A, you've got the mighty England. <laughs> Pissed it. Finished top. With Czech in second and Kosovo in a close third. So they're playoffs. So then the playoffs, and then you've got Ukraine finishing top with Portugal second in Group B. Right. Serbia in the qualification. Serbia playoff. Group C, you've got Germany. No surprise there. Netherlands, Netherlands have been very strong. Well, That's a bit of a surprise to me. They've just come out of nowhere, haven't they? Well, the team's shit when you look at it. It's like but they've got some core players like Genie. They've got Van Dyke, Depay. Like they started. Can't think of anybody else. Young started off with Ryan Babble up front on his own in one of the last games. He's the most underrated player in the world, mate. He's an ex Liverpool (laughs) player, and obviously. (laughs) Um, And then Northern Ireland finishing third in that group, mate. So they had no chance for really, no looking, did they? Group D, you had Switzerland top, Denmark second, Ireland in third. So they'll again go into the qualifications. Yeah. Group E, Croatia top, Wales. Wales qualified last night, didn't they? Last night. And with, was it Aaron Ramsey, did you say? Aaron Ramsey double, yeah. Um, so they've automatically qualified. Um, Slovakia in third, Group F, Spain, cruised it, mate, really. Sweden in second, Norway in third, qualification again. Okay. Group G, Poland. Poland through. These again. Austria through second, the and then North Macedonia in third. Group H, France walked it with Turkey in second Iceland again our bogey team that was terrible so Iceland were third I thought they'd automatically get through me but I think the Turkish have got quite a decent side aren't they yeah. and then France and Eversby got a very young side aren't they yeah very good team oh yeah France <clears throat> class. group I Belgium top Russia second Scotland third Scotland never going to qualify let's be honest everyone seems to pull out with in- timely injuries yeah, don't they, they, they to focus on, on, the, on the actual squad unlucky for him really so, yeah. they won both them games though did they yeah yeah, so they've, they've they've really salvaged third spot there. So, is there any more groups? And then Group J, mate. Italy, Italy finished top with ease. Finland second and Greece in the qualifications. Finland second, shit. So, playoffs will be interesting. But just to look at who played for us and who was our standout players in the Euros. Uh, for me, Dan James was brilliant for both Wales games. I know one of the goals, I mean, you could call it an assist. Uh, he he curled one. It was like bar post, and then it come back out, and then um, I think it was Harry Wilson that slotted it for was Wales. It? Yeah, so I'm calling it an assist, but he <laughs> played really well for both games. Maguire for England, obviously there was two clean sheets there, weren't there? And Rashford was on the score sheet as well for both games, so he continues his good form. Rashford's been amazing mate, last few weeks, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's like really kicked crossed. off. He just keeps on going with his form. He's so much better from out wide. I'm just glad that he scored in both England games because it just keeps him going. just keeps him fucking going. <laughs> so um, hopefully him and Martial can get through this Sheffield United defence. But they were our main sort of three. Oh, and Lindelof played in the first Sweden game as well where they kept a clean sheet. So, so yeah, I mean, the Ox <clears> was probably oh, the Ox is honestly, mate. He played like, to put things in, into perspective, like the Ox has come back from a serious knee injury. No. He's eased himself back into Liverpool's team. 
He's proved his fitness with that. He's now playing international football and he scored five goals in six games, mate. No, he's been really, We said last podcast, mate, he's been good. <clears throat> I will admit that happily. So he's, he's genuinely staking a claim for a goal scoring midfielder now. No, he Which is. is something we're crying out for, if I'm honest, and potentially England. Yeah. So I think a fully fit, functional Chamberlain will probably be one of the first names in the England team. Like, would your midfield be? Henderson, Chamberlain, and. Fred. Beth Fred. <laughs> Beth. Fred comes out and says, uh, actually, my mum was English. <laughs> No. But yeah, another standout as well, mate, is um, not Liverpool United related, is uh, Ben Chilwell. He's been unreal, mate. Yeah, he has been. For Leicester and for England, he's like assist. England, England have got a really promising team going forward. It's just now we're through to the we're through to the Euros, so it's just going to be shit friendlies now up to the Euros, and then we'll get to the Euros and probably be absolutely terrible. One like thing I do want to touch on actually is obviously we touched on it previously about Sterling and Gomez falling out. But what I didn't like is when Gomez came on for some, uh, for I can't remember who it was actually England like. Got fucking booed. Oh yeah, for, forgot about this. Yeah, that's because the media, the media's played it out like Sterling has been treated badly. But like we said, and we disagree with what a lot of what a lot of you hear on the media with people saying, especially on Talksport, they're all saying he, he needs to sort it out. It happens all the time, and that's the kind of thing that's making Sterling look bad. It's not the way they perceive yeah, the media. Yeah. Sterling deserved what he got. I'm not being funny. You can't like us. I, I mean, we said this last week. Joe Gomez has made it to me look like the victim. Not being funny. It was a clash at a Premier League game at the weekend, which happens in football. Yeah, it, it, happens, at our it happens level of football. Life, it? happens at our level of football, so it's going to happen in the Premier League week in, week out. It always happens. Your adrenaline's high. You say things you don't mean. You do things you don't mean. For him then to like go away from that setting and not even like in that environment still, it's not as even if it was in Anfield uh, after the game, to then go a couple of days into a totally different situation, everyone's calmed different down. Different stadium, to then mixture of fans. To then continue it. Sterling is the bad guy in this yeah, situation. Yeah. Why boo Gomez? But it's like, he's, like Gomez is only 22. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's a young lad. He's representing his country and yeah. he's getting booed for something that's not even his fault, mate. It's yeah, just like... I know, it's pathetic. It's, it is, it's like, it is it really pathetic. Sterling look out to be the thing, probably the three or four City fans that were there. Like, <laughs> I, I get like Sterling gets booed coming back to Anfield, but there's a genuine reason for that, like, like the club rivalry. Everybody does, not it? But when, you, when you're going to watch your country, no matter what player it is or what team they represent, you're watching your country play. Mate, us at the World Cup when we were in Benidorm and I was like, <laughs> come on, Henderson! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> going sick when he was taking a penalty. Do you know what I mean? You, it, you that'll get, get put aside, do not it? Yeah, like what's that going to do for his confidence? Yeah. For Liverpool, I'm fit for England. You just don't do it, do you? It's stupid, that. You must surely want to talk about Holland. Did you Did you see Genie hat-trick in the last game? Oh, did he really? Yeah. Yeah. So Genie Wijnaldum got a hat-trick for Holland. He's about to move five He scored two the other week as well, didn't he? And in the previous game, I think he scored as well. So He, he must be playing more advanced than like, yeah, because they've got lack of creativity in the midfield. Yeah, I put a Instagram post on just about our main performers in the Euros and that was the one that stood out for you guys really. Genie's just been unreal mate since he came in he had a bit of a slow start in the first year and a half and then he's just kicked on yeah he's looking like a player now isn't he like, he's, like a proper player apart from like um, Jordan Henderson I think he's one of the first names in the squad I think if you're going to leave anybody out you say this about everyone you first name on the squad he must have a stamp that's got his name poof <laughs> <laughs> They're all the first names. And it well, just, I've, I've and been just saying, who's going to play with Van Dijk. I'm the only one that you don't know. I've been saying for ages, like, our midfield, the best midfield is Genie, Fabinho. And Cater. And Cater. When it, but he's not proved himself. But on current form, it'll be Chamberlain. There'll be no place for Henderson. Because I think, as good as Henderson is, and what he's done for us, he's been a very, like you say, been a very good captain. But yeah. 
he just slows the play down sometimes like we're such a fast explosive team don't be taking the cards and you regretted it last week I'm not taking the cards for some reason I'm taking the cards his assist last week but it was unreal against City he's a good player he's undervalued I think at times by a lot of Liverpool fans including myself but I think we're doing it again now with Chamberlain his pace he can bang in a goal and get in and out box to box same with Genie. I think they just offer a little bit more. So I think over time, I think he'll be phased out. But then again, if Henderson delivers the Premier League this year, I'll be saying his first name in the shoot one. Then you'll be there. Boo! I'm the Henderson shit. Boo! You're too slow. I said it all season. You slug. <laughs> He's looked at the Premier League trophy and just like, boo. Boo. But yeah, that's, uh, that's international, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. There was obviously other internationals, weren't there, like friendlies in South America. I think Brazil played Argentina. And yeah, so South Korea did they, so Play yeah, they play yeah. South Korea. Like, they play, uh, Fred, wasn't, wise. Fred wasn't involved. But it's like, um, what was convenient with the international, like the second game is like Robinson and Salah both didn't feature in either game. I think they pulled it with a knock conveniently. Gomez and Henderson and Henderson and Henderson, and Henderson pulled out the second game with it? injury and illness conveniently. That might be funny though. A lot of illness has been going around because I'll, I'll tell you in the women's game in a minute, but like loads of people have been ill recently. Yeah. But signal. You're probably, you're probably right. You're and then Van Dyke left for personal reasons. Did he? Again, conveniently. They've already qualified. It just like it's, it seems too convenient for me. Like a lot of these big players, when it comes to international duty. Yeah, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. It just but I think Jurgen Klopp. I think I'm sure was there a little injury to Gomez in the last second game or something. Did he take a slight knock and Klopp was going sick when he? Cause, so maybe that's why he brought him off as a. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, international football, for me, irritates me at times. I like the big tournaments, but yeah. when it comes to the qualifications, it's just like that risk of injury for your players, for your own team. Yeah, Going no to the Premier League yeah, when you're pushing yeah. for a league title, it's just like, oh, it's well, one thing you don't need. You're pleased to know it's over till March now, mate. Is it March now, yeah? Other than the playoffs, but that really doesn't affect any Premier League action. So. And the only other thing I wanted to touch on is a massive contract. Con- congr- I can't even speak today. Massive congratulations to Finland, mate. They've qualified for the first ever tournament. Massive European Massive. It's got to be bigger than that. Hip hip. Massive. <laughs> Do you know any Finnish people? Oh, well, I'll finish you off. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sexual podcast. Nice enough Finnish girl. What happened to her? She finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going in. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on swiftly. So we will, we're finished here, aren't we? <laughs> we're, we're finished here. Let's move on into the women's then. So I will jump in and go first because you were there, weren't you, at the game? A, well, to be honest, so, it was a huge game for the women's game. Premier League, wasn't it, really? Yeah. It was the biggest attendance I think they've ever had across the board. It was like 73,000 or something that turned out. Where? In all the women's matches this weekend. Oh, oh what, the weekend like, as a whole? It was, yeah, wasn't it like a massive focus, wasn't it? Women's football weekend or something? I think so, because Chelsea United was nearly a sellout as well, yeah. around, which was weird. So. And Spurs had a massive turnout as well, didn't they? Mm. So we had our first big test, really, apart from obviously the opening two games where we played City and then we played Arsenal, where we got beaten both of those. But we had, a, we had a big test coming. But to be honest, I was quite confident going into it because we've been playing really well. It's not like we've we've been get, keeping clean sheets and scoring freely and attacking. So I was quite excited about how we'd go against Chelsea because Chelsea, I, I mean, I hate, love them, I hate them. Chelsea women's team are one of the teams, you know what I mean? Like the big pedigree, lots of internationals. They play Champions League football. I mean, they've got big pulling power. They've just signed that Sam Kerr, who's a Ballon d'Or nominee. 
So they've just signed her from, um, I think it's Chicago. Signed so they're investing heavily, aren't they? Yeah, so like in a, few, in a couple of months or in a month's time, they'll have her to add to the roster as well. It's just mental, but I wasn't thinking, like obviously reflected in, in the predictions, I, I went for a one-all draw. Um, I was thinking that we were going to get something out of the game and we were unlucky not to, so I'm digressing, but we got beat basically 1-0 by Chelsea. Isn't that your first defeat this season? Though? No, no, we've got beat by City and Arsenal first two games of the season, which I just said about three minutes ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've lost to all the big teams, basically the big well-established women's teams. To lose 1-0 and to a penalty as well, and it was really, really unlucky. They put out a great performance, so we put, we put an unchanged side out, Kirsty Smith back on the bench after a bit of an injury. The most annoying thing is with me saying, obviously, that we only lost 1-0 to a penalty. The game was pretty much ruined by what I called the referee show. So, basically, not long before the game... So, the first-choice referee dropped out with illness. Because, like, like I said, there's a lot of illness been going around recently. Lots of players pulling out of things and stuff. So, then the second-choice referee... Oh, no. Second choice referees pulled out sick with sickness, so that left the third choice referee Jack Packham to referee the game, and he was um shit, he was a shit ref. So pulled him out of the crowd. Yeah, so I'll just go through a few bits basically. So we were beat on the sixty fifth minute with with a penalty from Chelsea from Magelde or something like that. I mean, I don't know her name. It's it's insane. Sorry for pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> and the the decision for that was was just ridiculous. But I'll just go through a bit of a review of the game and then I'll get to that when I get to it. Yeah, so yeah. We, started really, we started really well. So away from home, we come out of the blocks really, really fast. Leah Galton down the left-hand side with a few chances and stuff. We always look dangerous down that left-hand side. And when we went forward, we looked like we could probably grab something and that was reflected early on because we should have scored. Kirsty Hansen picks the pocket of a Chelsea defender, basically. <laughs> she just takes too long on the ball. And she's like, yoink, I'll take that. Picks the pocket in the box as well, so not really much to do after it. Really tight angle. And instead, she's got Vicky Gronin in the box. Just square, like it, square it. Square it. And she, she, she went for glory this year. Side netting. Just, <laughs> we, that basically was 1-0 there. Vicky Gronin is just like, are you joking? So that would have put us 1-0 up early on. And I just thought, it's just a wasted opportunity. Lauren James was really, really up for it. Like She's just getting the ball, running defenders. You know, like going skiing with them when you turn them inside out, left and right, and they're just like, shit, shit. <laughs> She's just brilliant on the ball. It's really good to watch. Like, she gets, def- uh, she gets defenders. She gets the fans like, on their feet and gives them something to shout about. She's just lacked with the end product. Like, she's having loads of shots, like, high and wide and stuff like that. But the work that she does when she runs at defenders is brilliant. But yeah, we really, we really did, like, give as good as we got. Do you know what I mean? Like, when Chelsea. It wasn't just all United attacking. It was like Chelsea were coming at us as well, but you didn't really feel like, oh shit, they're going to score here. We kind of handled really it well, yeah. We kind of handled it well. There's a bit of a controversial one in the 27th minute where people were calling for Lauren James to be sent off, who, as we say, she's the feisty one you are. <laughs> but basically there's a ball that gets played in and the keeper comes down, slides out for it, takes it, and Lauren James is, doesn't get to it, doesn't try to make a challenge but she basically just doesn't, she doesn't like usually hop over the keeper, don't you? She, just she makes no effort. She just doesn't and just slams the keeper like in the train. head. Yeah, she just slams the keeper in the head with like a shin pad and the keeper's like gone and then the Chelsea are all like, oh, fucking hell, like complaining. But she didn't do it on purpose. She just didn't move out of the way. Do you know what I mean? No. So the ref had a bit of a decision on his hands there and he didn't do anything, which was good. 
and that was in the 27th minute when that happened and then towards like the end of the half then like the last 10-15 minutes it was just pretty much all Chelsea and United were a bit more pinned back then and then on the 31st minute so just before half time the ref has his first nightmare really so he's been a bit weird all game like he didn't really stamp his off authority on the game you know like he wasn't really commanding as a referee. Like you, sometimes you hear people say, "Don't you?" Oh, the referee had a really good game, and you, you know when the referees like let play run or really stamped his way on the game, like he just he just looked proper lost. So anyway, in the forty-first minute, there's basically a break from Chelsea, and Vicky Gronin's like basically trying to keep up with the play, but the player's got too much pace on her. Amy Turner comes over to help her out, basically, and she just comes over, big full-back challenge, just cleans her out, basically. <laughs> but she takes the ball, like, there's no there's no question about that. Like, she, she it's like high, and she takes the ball with, like, a thigh, like, top of a thigh. But she takes the ball, but takes the player, and there's a big thing, and everyone goes mad. So Amy Turner's already been booked, right, previously, so then so the big expecting the, Chelsea players yeah, yeah. are all going up to the ref and saying she's already in book like she's already in, because the ref looks like he's going to his pocket so all the Chelsea players are like she's already in books and you can see you're thinking to yourself oh shit it, trouble, she, yeah. she's off here because there's no VAR or anything so and the, <laughs> the, referee, the, ref says goes. the referee looks a bit shit so I thought he's going to book her here so anyway he calms it all down to be fair to him and he separates it all off and then everybody goes back to the positions but then, at the end of it, then, you, shout, you see him shout a player over. And you think, oh, shit, he's shouting her over. He's <laughs> getting sent off. For some bizarre reason, I shout over Abby McManus here. Shouts over <laughs> Abby McManus, who's the centre-half. She goes trotting over. Yellow. <laughs> so she's, like, proper confused. She trots back off to the cent- over centre-half, Millie Turner, and they're just looking at each other like... <laughs> Have we? Has Amy Turner got away with one, or have I just told the team, or does he genuinely think that's involved? So I don't know if he's just that thick that he thinks all women look the same, or but or he felt sorry for him. Oh, he's yeah, somebody else. Do you know what I mean? He's tried to get away with it by booking someone else. But Abby McManus was not even involved at all. It was Vicky Gronin and Amy Turner that were in there, and he's he's gone and booked Abby McManus. So. Just a really strange one. So, I mean, I wasn't complaining because Amy Turner stayed on the pitch. She should have done it anyway, but you never know, do you? But that was half-time then and the second half. United were a bit more subdued then. I think Chelsea came out at second half and they must have thought we're going to stamp our authority on this game. And they were a lot better, to be fair. They were getting in behind quite a lot. And then on the 65th minute, there's the, the penalty or a pen shout. So, basically, right. This ruined the game because United were holding their own and looked quite good, and we definitely should have got a point out of this game. So there's like a, it's a fucking sweet ball to be fair. It's like a reverse pass in between the defence, you know, where like they knock it the other way, and then I think it's Kirby. Yeah, it's Kirby comes running onto it, the Chelsea player. The ball's got a bit of pace on it, so she's running onto it, but she's going to the byline as if she's going to clip one in from the byline. So Millie Turner, who's a brilliant centre half for us, to be fair, Millie Turner just tracks her all the way, and then just before she gets to the byline, Bosch take one of them. She slides in, nicks the ball. She doesn't even nick the ball. She like cleans the ball out, and it goes through the player's legs. But obviously, when you slide in, your body's on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she takes the ball and she takes the player. Player goes down. Control, are you? Yeah, player goes down. And the ref, without even <clears throat> hesitation, doesn't even think about it, just gives a pen. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Like a rash, quick decision. It was just a great challenge, mate. It was just a great, An big, old school hard challenge. Yeah. But I don't even know why he's thought about giving a pen. Like, what, because she slid in and she's in the box and the play went over. You've got to, you think, got to justify it. The, she, oh, she wasn't even like nowhere <laughs> not near the ball. She just took the ball as well. 
So, I don't know. It, it wasn't a pen, mate. <clears throat> no way was it a pen. He should have just give the corner. He went out for a corner. <laughs> so, he, he gives the pen anyway, and, and they slot the pen. It's a good penalty, but to be fair, it's um, down low to the keeper's right. She can't really do anything about it. And then, yeah, that, that's pretty much it then. I mean, last 10 minutes... You're a bit deflated after the penalty with him. <laughs> yeah, last 10 minutes, United have a real good go at him. Uh, really, really test him. And then we nearly score at the end. Jess Sigsworth, who's come on on the 60th minute, she gets down the right-hand side, puts a ball in, and it gets like deflected as it goes in. So it sits up nice. And Ella Toon, who came on for Katie Zellum, she fucking hits a sweet volley, mate. Rattles the bar, <laughs> comes down... Hits the keeper and it's just sat on the line for ages. <laughs> waiting for some of the time. Everyone's like, oh shit, like Chelsea clear it and it's like absolute calamity, but they clear it and escape and they escape eventually with a 1 0 win. So, gutted really because we definitely deserve something from that. A Chelsea top, did you say? Chelsea at top, yeah, they're still unbeaten, the only team that are unbeaten. We remain fifth. Um, <laughs> I won't even say where we <laughs> Well, we all know where you are, but we remain fifth and um, that's, that's about the length from breadth of it. I mean, the positive that I'll take out of it is that we were really, really good in terms of who we were playing against. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you the, the, yourself it's, not like the it's not like the occasion got to us and we changed our tact or we just shown like that we can be up there. I think when they get a bit more experience in that league, I think we'll be pushing for the top like top two, top three places, maybe even trying Next to win. Next season the year after. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really good performance. Like I say. I really wish we got something out of that, but we didn't. Moving on. Moving on, sir. So, obviously, it was the, the big Merseyside derby, wasn't it? It was the big Merseyside derby. In the women's football being held at Anfield. He's been peddling it all week, guys. He's, last two <laughs> weeks, he's been telling you. He's been putting posts on the Instagram. Come on, get down there, buy yourself a ticket. He'll be live on the Instagram. And Don't worry happened. about it. And then what happened, Leroy? My battery died. <laughs> what an absolute amateur. So, I gave you some interesting content of him. Um, Monuments around the ground. <laughs> so if you were listening to this and you were thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind an insight into the first ever Merseyside derby at Anfield <laughs> in the women's game, you won't get any because his battery went. My battery went. And to be honest, it was probably just as well because as my battery went, <laughs> we didn't score. <laughs> no, no one likes an angry Levo. That's a bit unfair, to be honest. So like, um, like I say, it was a, a monument that happened. Monumental. That's the word I was looking for. Boom. Boom. So uh, Anfield, there was... Monument. 23,000 fans at Anfield for the women's game, mate, which is unheard of, really, isn't it? It's never been heard of before. Never been heard of. Never been held at Anfield before. No. Never had that many uh, fans watching them. So I think, historically, it's a monumental occasion. Saying, seen, I'm saying it quite a lot. saying a lot, yeah. But, um, because you know what the word is now. I know what the word is now, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, mate, it's like, regardless of what the result was, we, we lost 1-0. To Everton, <laughs> yes, we lost one nil again. The side can be really proud of themselves because, like, yeah, they can be, yeah. No, but regardless of the result, um, <laughs> it's like bottom feed is it? <laughs> feed everybody else, feed the table. <laughs> um, they put in a really solid, strong loss. performance on a loss. Yeah, like I say, they put a very strong side. It's like one thing that really pissed me off is Bobby G. They didn't play again. I don't understand. I'm that. just really puzzled by it. It's because like. When we both we went away from we, that United Liverpool game, we were she both was our like, star performer. we were both like, she's good at, yeah, yeah. she's top. Yeah, she gets. To be fair, maybe like one reason she's not playing is that when she does play out left or out right, she doesn't trap back, which most ah, wingers right. don't. Like Salah doesn't. Manny like does. Hazard and Ronaldo. Yeah, they don't feature back. And when when she did, she was at fault for United's goal against those. Yeah, she yeah. tried clearing yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. 
But in them circumstances, if that's the case, if you know that that player that brings a lot going of creativity forward, and a lot you, going forward, put someone into cover stick out front. Well, yeah, yeah. If you got all that, yeah. if you can't decide on who you through are, the key striker is play through the middle, mm. and then she'd be good through the middle because she's similar to Lauren James, isn't she? She's, she's like she's strong. She, she throws step overs in. She's strong. She's quick. They both play for the I think the twenty ones as well for England. So like I'm just, I was just really surprised not to see her on the, the starting lineup. To be honest, which pissed off. Yeah. I really was. It's like but in itself, the team started really strongly and we created a lot of chances. But inevitably, like we've we've touched on it quite a few times, it's that final third, that clinical finish, and they just lack it. They've got a lot of creativity. They're a very young side. Some really promising players, like there's some strong performances by quite a few players to be honest. The likes of that's epic and it's just showing me his notes and it's a blank screen <laughs> battery gone mate no I just can't see it the likes of uh, Blankety Blank the and like uh, <laughs> Blanky McBlankovich really performed well but it was the standout performance by Blank that really did it for me <laughs> I'm fine a lot of Blanks here oh god let's tag him he's found it so there's a few strong performances by the likes of Kirsty Linnett Naomi Charles played really well Leon Rowe played well. Papi Judy played unreal when she, she came well, on. Yeah, when she came on. So yeah, that, and um, Rianne Roberts, mate, she actually followed us, doesn't she? She liked one of yeah. our posts before the game. She had a really strong performance in midfield. She was a beast, if I'm honest. Like she um, put a foot in, like a proper derby, to, like with a lot of challenges, got the crowd going, played a few like crucial balls to create a few chances. And I think she was probably our star performer. Jay Bailey played quite well as well. One player that didn't was Anika, Anika Prowse so I've shown you before then. I, like, yeah you've actually shown me the goal which is hilarious but yeah so like to put things like you saying we lost again the team itself created 21 chances mate compared to Everton's 8 two of which we had on target they had two as well only two on target they scored with a first shot on target and then came very close in the second half to making it two so I think it's like Vicky Jepson said it's like the team can be very proud of the performance no, in the sense of like the occasion probably got the better of him for the first 20 minutes like they put on a proper show like Naomi Charles was just everywhere running around like a headless chicken just like creating so many chances for the strikers we just inevitably couldn't finish him <laughs> well, you say you're lacking in the final third for me 21 shots and 2 on target absolutely agrees with that like, you like yeah. there were shots but nothing really clear cut no nothing clear testing cut, the yeah, goalkeeper yeah. The only thing that really did test the goalkeeper was, I think it was like after 23 minutes, Lawley created a really good chance and I think it was played into Kirk. Courtney Sweetman Kirk. That's the one, yeah. And she headed the ball right across the six-yard box and Lynette got ahead onto it. She couldn't have done any better with the direction of the head on, onto goal. And Tinja Ricker like, pulled off this worldly save. Like, I think she's a finished international for Everton. Yeah. Like just pull the world he saved mate and like denied us the opportunity of going ahead and then we created a few more chances through Sweet McCurk who had a long distance free kick on target Lynette again some brilliant work and forced to save out the goalkeeper and Rian Roberts had a chance and then inevitably what happened before our time mate it's like it was like it was kind of funny but it wasn't it's was like they put in such a good performance in the first 45 minutes creates a few chances everything like literally everything had nothing on target, no chance in our box. And you thought, right, let's go in half time and build on this performance. Yeah, you at least they've got nothing going forward. And then, everything's Captain Graham, like, had a shot from, like, must be at least 35 yards out. Gotta be 30 to 35. Minimal yards pace, out. it wasn't as particularly that hard, was it? It's good, shit, it's good shot, but yeah, it, it wasn't anything that you're thinking, like, rushing across the goal to panic. It was easy for the keeper. 
and Prowse is back in goal for the first time in a few weeks, right in front of the cop. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but it was just like, as a fan, it's like one of the moments you go, oh, you just sigh. It's like, yeah. it was right at it, and she didn't put a body behind the actual shot. And it it deflected, hands, it? Yeah, deflected through her hands into the, the goal, in slow motion. And she, you can just see she sunk yeah. into the pitch and just like, oh, like, made an absolute howler here. You shouldn't have butted them crumpets <laughs> off. <laughs> and to make it worse, instead of just allowing her to come off at half time and walk into change rooms and redeem herself, collect herself, Vicky Jepson walked over to her onto the pitch and was like, oh, it's okay. Which probably made it worse. It was like, you're sat in front Damn. of 23,000 fans and you're highlighting the fact she's just made a mistake two minutes ago to like go into change rooms and like collect herself and come out and mm. build on that performance because it was, yeah, it was a mistake. And then the second half, really, as well. Much better, yeah. Only when Babajini came on yeah. late. I think that must have knocked him a little bit. So for the first 15 minutes, we didn't even create any chances, but then they brought Babajini on, and she was just, like, everywhere, mate. She went down the left-hand side, one of her first attacks, and took on three Everton players, got into the box, put in a really good cross. No one could get onto the end of it. And then a few minutes later, she made a nice, like, super-junking run through the middle. Look that <laughs> and then smashed the shot with a left foot just over the bar. And then she was, she was just creating chances, and Everton... Seems to have like taken us a couple of steps backwards, you're like, yeah, two left to two yards because of her pace. And it just like it just bears that question, like, why isn't she playing? I don't get why she isn't playing don't because it, she, she gets, game off for you, she gets she? people on the edge of the feet, and like the crowd were all up excited when she came on. You need that, don't you? At home, you need a lot of times people say, Oh, the crowd aren't getting behind us, or come on, crowd, we need we need that 12th man. But I'm not being funny. The team needs to provide the the action and the energy for the crowd to do that. Like they need someone to go in hard on someone, or they need someone to try and take someone on, or chances just co- close to the goal and, and fizzing ch- shots off and stuff. Because it gets, like you say, that gets the crowd on the edge of the feet, and the crowd are going to get behind you if they're seeing positivity yeah. on the pitch. So you need something to get that crowd going, don't you? It's just like. As we push for the equaliser, we got a little bit desperate, Joe, because I think they were obviously the first ever derby yeah, at Anfield. They wanted to yeah. give the, the home fans something to cry, uh, cry out, to shout <laughs> they about. <did. laughs> um, and obviously, they didn't want to let anybody down. So the, the more they pushed on and used all their energy, everything came a little bit more into the game and very nearly scored quite late on to make it too. But oh, my prediction would have been right. I know, oh. that, I nearly died inside. It was literally. The, they cut inside of the edge of the 18-yard box on the right-hand side, played a ball in, and all she had to do was just tap it in. Oh, no and way, she missed really? the sitting mate. It was like, oh. <laughs> so I nearly died inside. Brock had gone six to open the predictions. Oh. But I think, all in all, mate, it was a special day for the ladies to, to actually play at Anfield. And it's probably something that they could do more. If if they can guarantee like that the price of the tickets are £5, which is nothing, mate. It's, like, it's absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing to watch live football in such a, a special okay, um, stadium. And if anything, it can help push on the games yeah. more for the women. So like the likes of Spurs, you mentioned earlier that they had a huge turnout. I think Chelsea had a huge turnout. Yeah, Liverpool had a huge turnout. Out, yeah. So hopefully it's something they can do more. Obviously they're not going to be able to do that with every game, but like the big games no. like Liverpool United, Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool yeah. Chelsea. It should City. be like the home of the women's team as well when you, when they can, when do you know what I mean? the calendar fits, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. yeah. So I think it's going to help bring through the next generation of Liverpool fans. It's like one thing I did pick up on it was it was a very family-friendly yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, I always say that about the women's games. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of kids there of all ages. Yeah. There was a lot of adults there. It's like, it's like, there yeah, was yeah. a lot of probably season tickets that yeah, took the opportunity yeah. to go. It's so only 35, 36 quid. The atmosphere wasn't the same. It never is going to be. No, it's not going to be. People but were singing You'll Never Walk Alone. Yeah, they were like getting like behind still the girls. Like, like United-Liverpool game, you still get the same United chance. It's a little bit flat at times, but it does pick up. 
it really is. It really gets it's good for the community, involved. isn't it's it? It's good for the community, yeah. Really so, is. Yeah. So I think, although we lost and we're sitting bottom of the league, really, really well. I think it's something they can build on. I've been saying this every week for the last four weeks. Well, you've got to be positive, haven't you? <laughs> but like, they've got a very young and promising side, and I think if they stick together and get through this difficult patch, I think they can come out the other side and push on. Yeah. And hopefully not get relegated. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I know. Hey, do you know what I mean, Lee? If you get relegated, it might be good for you. Because you might just get relegated again and then just fold. No, we're not going to fold. We're <laughs> not going to fold, me. But, but yeah, I think, all in all, it was a good day out, a good occasion for Liverpool itself and the women's game. And they definitely go back, we just didn't get the result we wanted. Because mm-hmm. I think NFC, they wanted to deliver for everyone in Liverpool and get that win. Because Merseyside Pride, it doesn't matter what capacity it is, under 23s, women's, men's, True, yeah. chest. It, it doesn't matter. You always want to get one over your rivals, don't you? Did you say chest? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's chest. You mean chest? Chest. Oh my God. This guy could not speak. Leasons He's got a dry mouth. He's parched everywhere today. So just to let you know, we were um, going on a, a couple of weeks prior to when actually the thing happened that we might be bringing you some exciting news and all this. So we can we can obviously tell you now what it was meant to be. So it was meant to be an interview, wasn't it, with Courtney Sweetman Kirk? So yeah. you kind of sort of loosely yeah, we, t- we touched base it, on it, yeah. And then obviously due to commitments with the game and stuff we basically couldn't get it over the line and obviously we need to look into more in terms of if we're allowed to film because it was at Anfield yeah we need it to apply if it was at, if it was at um, Prenton Park because at Prenton Park it probably would have been easier to, to get it over the line but you can't film at Anfield and stuff like that but just so you know, that's what we were trying to get over the line. It didn't happen, but we're, we're going to be pushing for things like that, especially with the under-23s and the women's game, because we're going to try and bring you some uh, interesting interviews and, and get you an insight into the team and what the, what the players are thinking and that, because at the end of the day, with the women, that's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So we want to we want to get... Help expose women, it, don't we? Yeah, we want to help expose it. And we want to also help expose the 23s, because when you're watching the 23s, you're looking at your future first team there for a lot of a lot yeah a lot obviously, aspects, obviously so. not all of them are going to make it but some no, of them are going to turn yeah, to right gems you've, and play you've got the a Premier League of players there that yeah, are yeah. going to in, even if not in your club they're going to make it another club so we want to get interviews and stuff like that so just so you know that's what we're trying to do we're trying to push um, and plug out yeah we didn't get it over the line unfortunately and we apologise for that because we were saying we obviously we do it but you want to thank her for the opportunity but of I, course, I, yeah. I imagine she just obviously got. Yeah, tied yeah. up with all commitments for LFC yeah, in general and stuff like that yeah, yeah. yeah but um, but yeah that's what we were trying to bring you so should we go into the previews for the next up and coming matches yes mate so women looking ahead tomorrow night it's Conti Cup action match day four I think it is is it back to back fixtures quite quick isn't it yeah so teams? they're playing they're playing uh, I think it's Thursday Sunday this week so we've got Leicester who are in the league below and who are currently bottom in our group. So, so I'm expecting game, big things there. <laughs> I'm expecting big things. We've never trounced anyone. And we're at home. And I'm going to say... Look at Mr. Confidence. 4-0. You beat, wow. you beat wow. Coventry 5-1 and you can't wow. get a band though. Wow. This is true, actually. Yeah. I'm going to say 4-0. <sighs> so what's my prediction here? Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at you. I'm going to say... An explosive. 3-0. 3-0. Okay, here's your Conti Cup action again. So we've got Blackburn Rovers, ladies, away. Even the 23s played Blackburn not that long ago, didn't they? Yeah, not, um, um, I think, was it 0-0? Nil, nil? Ballfest, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So, it doesn't matter who we play at the moment. No, it's <laughs> it tough just, for you, We it? just need a win. 
Barely so in the, in, below. In the Conti Cup, I think we're, we're doing all right. It's just a league that we're suffering. So, so like to tell you how many points you got in the Conti Cup. Three. Yeah, they're all right. It's got <laughs> minor for me. <laughs> to be fair, you score more <laughs> goals in the Conti Cup. Yeah. We battered Coventry, didn't we? Yeah, Sheffield United got beat, but it was like 3 2 last minute, as always with you, where you get beat towards the end of the game. So we've been beaten away and we've just suffered a defeat to everything at home. <laughs> this guy did not know what to predict. Oh, I, I can don't. see it. I'm going to say 2 1 Blackburn. Oh no! <laughs> He's gone full circle, people. 2 1 Blackburn, yeah. 2 1 in the. We've no, been away. They're in the league below. Yeah, I just. At the moment, the confidence is very low. Okay. So you're going 2-1 Blackburn? I'm going 2-1 Blackburn. I'm going to go 2-1 win for Liverpool. Don't worry, girls, I've got you. But I wasn't redeeming myself in the league because they were bouncing back. Well, let's move on then. So <laughs> league obviously continues. So in the next podcast, we're going to be bringing you two women's game reviews. We won't go dead in depth with them because we won't like keep you listening for ages. We know you're commuting to work probably now or something <laughs> like that. So um, next week will be double women's, double whammy. So um, who have you got in the league then? Which is on <laughs> Doesn't Sunday. Get any better. Arsenal away. Oh jeez, no, that's a <laughs> defeat. You can't be saying anything other than defeat. No, I'm going for Mister Positive here. Shit, you're going to go for a win. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. <laughs> that's going to be tough to draw with Arsenal. Like good, you know. One-all draw, mate. I'm going to go for. Where is it at? Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going two 0 Arsenal. Oh god, I'm going 2-0 I'm just giving some confidence. Getting up points on the board. One all. One all, mate. So you've gone for one all, and I've gone for two nil. Two nil, yeah. United have got Brighton at home again. Would you like me to give you some info about Brighton? Go on. Sitting ninth in the league. That's three places above Liverpool. <laughs> some context. Currently one win to the name. So, so it's a comfortable say, home win, isn't it, really? I'm going to say three nil win. Oh, it's all about the nils here, are you? I don't think we conceded a lot. We shouldn't really concede against Chelsea, mate, other than the pen. I'm going to go for a safe 2 0. 2 0? Okay. I'm going 3 0. You're going 2 0. I need to get these points on the ball, mate. You do, mate. I'm suffering. It was a, I'm it, it was a stalemate this week. None of us got one right. No. I was close because. We should have done internationals, to be fair, because we were going to that. <laughs> but um, like anyone's predicting 7 0 England <laughs> v uh, whoever we played. Who was it? I can't remember. Um, um, Montenegro. Yeah, was it someone else? Um, I just said um, about 50 times. <laughs> So we have already predicted the Premier League games, haven't we? We did it in the I last podcast. All, I? I went for a one nil win against Sheffield United for United, and you went for a one all draw. I think. I'm sure I did. Yeah. yeah, you did. And then who are Liverpool playing? I think I went one all with that as well. Did you? Palace away. And I, annoyingly, listening back, went for two nil Liverpool. So predictions are in the bag. They are, mate. Excited for the Premier League coming back. Yeah, Premier League's back. No more international nonsense till March. It's big, just big all football for the next... You will have some good news to bring in the next podcast because this weekend, and I'd say watch it if you can, if you're able to, the Copa Libertadores finals this weekend. It's on BT, is it? I think it'll be on BT and the AFC Champions League final is as well. So as of next week, we'll know the full Club World Cup lineup, won't we? So you'll be, oh, this is who we're going to beat. Did you see what Genie actually said? Good one. He said he, he can't wait to play in the tournament. It's like a historical because we never won it, but he wants that badge on his shirt. Does That's he? what he said. That's what you were saying yeah. last week as well. He wants the badge on the shirt. So like, even the players seem up for it. So maybe like we touched on with the um, Caribou Cup. I, I call it the Carling Cup before. Carling Cup. Yeah, call it Carling Cup. The Caribou Cup. Um, 
I reckon, like I say, he's just going to play the, the youth there, isn't he? Yeah. And take that tournament seriously because if you're going to travel all that way, why not? Change the, the world champions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so. I want to get the home. As it gets closer, he's I like... want to get the black away and um, black goalie keeper top with that badge on it. Oh, God. Fuck off. <laughs> with world champion tournament. On the back. Yeah. <laughs> with Leeboy, world champion number one. My head is like a globe. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, yeah. It is very global like. So that's us done, mate. It is. Oh, one thing I want to mention. Oh, actually. he's coming. A little in. little thing is him. Oh, I'm actually tomorrow night going to an evening with Jamie Carragher. Oh, okay. So I'm hoping I can actually. You're gonna to want to get a plug off him, eh? So I'm gonna get him sure to fit my lamp in the. Can make sure it's a UK plug. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I'm gonna hopefully meet Jamie Carragher, have a little bit of a chat, get a photo, and I'll share it on Instagram. Sweet. Thanks for the content, Lee. Make sure your phone's charged. I'll take a spare. <laughs> Fucking hell. Need to burn a phone like some vanity or something. <laughs> Right, so that's it. We're done for episode 22. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you listening. And if you're new to it, thank you very much for sitting through that. You're a legend. (laughs) If you're listening and you like it, then please could you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate those because it helps us be more visible when people are searching for footy podcasts and stuff like that. Thanks a lot for that. If you want to contact us or anything, talk to us about pretty much anything really, mate, innit? You can ask us Literally anything. Yeah. Literally. What would you like a question about? i like a question about, do you like brown or white bread? No, I'm joking. Brown or white? I'm joking. Um, just <laughs> drop an email, just brown or white, one word. <laughs> oh, God. I would like to know if you prefer crumpets or bagels. So, um... My, like my, my question is right this is actually a genuine question okay cool I would like people's answer to this question okay my question is will that? Ollie be sacked before January and will Potch come in Ollie's at the and to all you United fans do you want that to happen okay there's a very broad question in there so if you've got half an hour to answer that then uh, please reply <laughs> but yeah if you want to genuinely contact us or anything we do support you all <laughs> I don't know what to say. we've got an email address redsiderivals at gmail.com and uh, we're on all our socials at Redside Rivals and Facebook is Redside Rivals Social so it'd be lovely to hear from you if you would like to uh, as I say thanks very much for listening thank you to Will Rice for our musical theme at the start of the show and we'll see you next time now for game week 22 when the Prem is back back baby yeah double women in the Prem <laughs> That sounds like a shit and, movie, doesn't it? And, and the 23s, let's not forget them. Let's not forget Leon, no, which I just did. The U23. U23. <laughs> U2. Third album, U23. What the fuck? <laughs> We're going, up. We're going, we're going. Right, see you later, see you guys. See you later, guys. Cheers. <laughs>